welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast. I'll be your host, Greg Sowers, and today I'm very excited to announce our guest for today, um, our first goalie to have a, to be on the podcast, uh, Dustin Bones Smith. Uh, how's it going, Dustin? Doing all right, man. Happy to be the uh, the first goalie to show up uh, yeah. on the show. Kind of excited to uh, maybe start a new trend. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Not a lot of. Uh, I mean, I'm not one to to know all about the goalie world, but it's. I feel like it's hard to get the goalies on you guys are just a little reserved but no i appreciate you, you coming on um and hopefully you know we'll obviously go through your career and you know share a few things and hopefully our our goalies that are listening can can take something away from this but again just you know appreciate you coming on um and also not only are you your first goalie uh you do have uh an nhl game under your belt um so first <laughs> one uh on that one for the podcast too so you're hitting two things two milestones for for us today so i appreciate it man i love um, it no worries <laughs> So, uh, you know, just diving right in, um, you know, Dustin Smith, your nickname's Bones. Um, where does uh, where does the nickname Bones come from? Yeah, man, it's kind of funny. Like, there's so many people that I've known for years, and they don't actually know my real name. So when they find out my real name is Dustin, they're like, wait, your name's Bones. What are you talking about? No, I, I actually had to look it up before I brought you on. I was like, what is your first name? Yeah, <laughs> man, it's. I mean, especially here in the hockey community, like, you know, as, as a goalie, names kind of spread around quick and, and Bones is a very recognizable name compared to, you know, Dustin Smith, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I got the nickname when I was playing with MTSU, playing uh, college club. And I've always grown up as the, the skinny kid. So, you know, guys just started calling me D Bones and Bones and Bonesy and, you know, things just kind of evolved and. Um, it wasn't until I, I started putting bones written out on my mask and um, guys started recognizing the name on the mask and, um, you know, kind of took off during the lockout when I practiced with the Preds and, and guys got to know me as bones and, you know, the rest yeah. is kind of history and here we are, the, uh, the bonesy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hockey nicknames are always, always funny. It's funny to hear the stories where they, uh, they originate and come from. But um, I, know, I know you mentioned MTSU, but I want to back it up. Um, you know, to the, to the beginning, um, how did you, uh, you know, get started playing hockey? Were you uh, always a goalie to start out or did you skate, uh, skate out first? No, I skated out. Um, I mean, I'm originally from San Diego and, uh, hockey was always something I was interested in, especially like, man, the, the movie Mighty Ducks came out and like just caught me square in the childhood. So, um, always wanted to play hockey, but living in, in San Diego at the time, we didn't really have the ability to, to start playing until I moved here uh, to Nashville and I started playing roller hockey out in Mount Juliet. And um, my, my first coach, Jim Lynch, uh, I was just skating out, first time playing hockey. You know, I grew up rollerblading around San Diego and uh, playing hockey in my coach's backyard. You know, he would just have all these parties with all the kids and I always wanted to play goalie. And I think you know, after four or five times playing around in his backyard, he was like, man, I don't know. I, I think you might be a goalie and uh, kind of obsessed with it ever since. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Florida, so, you know, San Diego's not, wasn't exactly a hockey hotbed back then. I mean, I, I know it's, it's growing now just like it is in Florida, but it's always cool to hear those stories of how it originated and the rollerblades and, and things like that. So, um, no, that's, that's awesome. And I guess you didn't mind taking the the shots on the street and obviously they carried over <laughs> carried over the ice yeah it's, you know playing backyard hockey and everything you kind of have to get creative and actually kind of interestingly enough I'm supposed to be a full right goalie like I'm supposed to catch with my right hand because when I play baseball I throw with my left but you know playing in my coach's backyard we didn't have a right hand catch glove <laughs> so I had to learn how to catch with my left so like uh you know kind of in the early development stages um you know things had to get changed up real quick so you throw so you throw a baseball with your you said you throw your baseball with your left hand but you catch with your left in hockey right Did yeah that right yeah that's that's strange i mean i'm a i'm a lefty in hockey but i do everything else righty right like right right-handed bat right-handed golf right-handed but you I mean, bat right-handed when you play baseball yeah my top yeah, my strong hand's my uh top hand on my stick and but everything else is the uh opposite way it's uh, a little different but um but uh, so, you know, we kind of talked about how you got into goalie, but, um, you know, was, would you say that, you know, your, I mean, obviously parents probably play a, a big part into it, but, you know, biggest influence in, in getting started. I mean, you mentioned your, 
the roller hockey coach um, out there in San Diego. But I, I guess what was your drive uh, to get started in hockey? It may be the, the Mighty Ducks thing that you already said. Yeah, that like I said, that movie kind of caught me right in the childhood. And um, But man, like... I don't know, just something about goalies. Even in San Diego, I remember going to the beach with my dad and, and we would always kind of pop into play against sports and something about like just goalie gear in general. It was just so cool. And, um, you know, just you get to the, be a little creative and unique with it, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, obviously growing up kind of in the, you know, watching hockey in the early 2000s, late 90s, there were a lot of these really fun goalies to watch like um like Dominic Hoshik was my hugest influence and and I remember you know when I eventually started playing ice hockey and uh you know going to camps and and stuff like that over the summers you know kids would say man it's like he's Dominic Hoshik out there and, and I definitely <laughs> played the same style playing roller and even you know going back to the backyard but um you know things have obviously changed a little bit since then yeah so um you know you, you... You come to Nat, or you come to, I guess you said Hendersonville, correct? Or Mount Juliet? Oh, Mount Juliet, yeah. Mount Juliet. So um, about what age was, was that move? Do you remember? Yeah, from San Diego, I moved here. Uh, I moved into Mount Juliet when I was like 10, 11, 11 years old. And, uh, you know, it was just me, my little brother, and my parents. And my parents needed to get us out of the house instead of terrorizing each other all day. So, um, right. you know, went down the road to the the old roller rink out there, which I don't think it's there. It's definitely not there anymore, but it was just this hole in the wall roller rink. The, the rink wasn't even any kind of regulation, anything. It was just kind of this uh, random rink out there. And um, there was a pretty, pretty solid hockey community out there that just kind of continued to grow. Yeah. And so did you do, were you a, a Flyers kid growing up or did you just do high school when you got to the age of, you know, being on the ice? What was your, your youth program, I guess? Yeah, it was just roller hockey out in Mount Juliet. And then um, my roller hockey coach started coaching ice hockey. And uh, he needed a uh, second goalie for practices. So he was like, hey, if you want to try ice hockey, we we got an open net for practices. And uh, I was going out to practices. What level was that? I want to say it was like Bantam, Mm -hmm. maybe even Midget. I don't remember exactly, but... um, you know, eventually it was like, hey, like, do you just want to join the team? So I was just playing house league, basically. And then yeah. from there, it, it jumped into high school. So how how hard is that transition? Like, obviously, you know, I was never a big roller hockey player. I'm still not. And, uh, you know, for, in my personal experience, roller hockey, you know, players, you know, they all get these good hands and, you know, it's just a different style. But how different and how hard was that transition to go from, you know, playing goalie roller hockey to being a goalie on the ice? It was it was a pretty major um, uh, adjustment, I guess, because, I mean, like I said, growing up being a big fan of Dominic Hoshik, uh, the roller style, you definitely see a lot of diving, you know, jumping around, a lot more athletic, kind of that old school um, unorthodox style, because, you know, obviously you can't slide in roller hockey. Mm-hmm. And then you get into ice hockey and you add that that obvious ice factor and you slide around all over the place and um you know it was definitely a major adjustment i also kind of had to you know dial in the ability to ice skate you know i could only kind of ice skate before and <laughs> yeah kind of need to know how to ice skate to play <laughs> ice hockey yeah it's a, it's a key thing for sure for sure um so and then um you played so were you playing in, in gnash then was that still a, a thing when you were playing high school yeah, yeah, it was. I, so. I started playing G-Nash. I, for high school, I was, I was going to Wilson Central, mm-hmm. and we had a co-op team with Mount Juliet because uh, we didn't have enough players at Wilson Central to have their own team. So, um, yeah, I ended up playing for Mount Juliet. Uh, I, don't, I didn't play my freshman year. We, we had some pretty good goalies playing at Mount Juliet at the time. I think I started maybe my sophomore year, maybe even my junior year. Okay, so you're – I mean – as far as ice goes, you're a, for, I mean, we'll get more into what you've done in the, you know, in the past couple of years, but would you say, would you call yourself a, a late bloomer as far as, you know, your on-ice goalie career goes? Oh, man, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, yeah. even just hockey in general, like, nobody in my family plays hockey, so the fact that I was even playing was just kind of like, oh, cool, like this fun little hobby, but, you know, like I said, when I picked it up, 
um, you know, when, when I first started playing goalie in my coach's backyard, I was just like, man, I love this so much. This is what I want to do. And, um, you know, I, I really like try to make an effort to grow and get better. But yeah, as far as a path is concerned, definitely not glamorous. Not like a lot of these 10 year olds out here now that are just like absolutely sick at yeah. playing goalie at the age of 10. But um, yeah, definitely a, a different time back then. Definitely a different um, uh, upbringing than, than a lot of kids now being so exposed to some, uh, some good hockey. Yeah. So, so now you're playing for your G Nash team and um, I guess the next step in your career was um, playing uh, college hockey at um, middle Tennessee state. Um, so how, how did that come about? How did you, you know, come across that opportunity? Well, man, like I graduated high school, I was 17 years old and absolutely obsessed with hockey still absolutely wanted to keep playing um you know not having a very glamorous path like i said in your, earlier didn't really lead to a lot of options coming out of uh coming out of high school and mtsu was was a good opportunity i remember i went to a camp that summer after high school um some travel program i forgot what it was and i still i actually had this conversation with uh with my buddy uh cho the other day Actually, not the other day. I forget how long ago. But he was at that camp, too. And he was like, man, you were absolutely sick at this camp. I just went out there to have fun. It wasn't even a whole, uh, you know, went out with the the mindset that I was going to dominate this camp and make this team. But, you know, I just went out there, had fun, had a really good camp. And I remember talking to the coaches and they were like, well, look, like you had a good camp, but, uh, you know, we already have our goalies picked out. So, you know, I don't know what kind of options you have right now you know definitely keep playing whatever and I, I basically told him like look I, I just kind of came out here to play around and have fun basically and um, you know thanks for the opportunity but you know I told him I was interested in trying out for MTSU and they said yeah absolutely go try out for them you know that would be a good opportunity for uh, continuing playing and uh, yeah went out tried out for MTSU and um, 17 years old ended up uh, starting college club and uh, I mean, that program and, and we've had several MTSU players um, on the podcast and I was I would say I'm loosely involved with them now, but I assistant coached them for, for three years. But um, do you remember the, the head coach who was there while you were there? Oh, um, so I had just missed the like golden era of MTSU the hockey. Golden era. They, man, like <laughs> you you talk about it now and it's like, man, this sounds legendary. Yeah. <laughs> The coaching staff they had and the players they had on that team and everything like that. I caught like right after that. So uh, we had Brandon Luttrell as our coach. Um, you know, we still had some pretty good players, but definitely wasn't the same MTSU as it was, um, you know, before I started playing there. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I wasn't around then, but um, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's had its golden era. It's had a few of its dark years, but is turn it around and um, no, it's cool to, uh, I didn't even realize that you actually uh, went there, but when preparing for the, this podcast, I noticed that. And it's just, uh, it's cool to have a, an alumni with, you know, again, another uh, or an NHL game to their, to their resume. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, you go through MTSU, you know, you get your college career. Um, so what was the, I mean, I guess, were you just playing men's league after that? Um, what was the, the next step for you? Yeah, I, like it ended up jumping into men's league, and it's funny because I I wasn't really too aware of what men's league was. And while I was playing MTSU, there there were you know teams that were asking like, "Hey, we need a goalie tonight." And every I mean, night. I'm sure every you night. know just as well as anybody else, playing men's league, it's like goalies are hot commodities. The teams always need a goalie, whether it's a last minute thing or they're like, "Man, like our goalie's moving, we need another guy." Whatever it is um goalies are definitely a, a like I said a hot commodity in men's league and playing MTSU teams were asking me to come out and play and I was like yeah I don't okay like I don't know really what it is but sure I'll come out and play and you know because it was just extra ice time and um you know I was kind of hungry to play at the at the time too and, um yeah after MTSU it was it was kind of like huh like not really sure how to continue from here and um, yeah and and I think that going right into men's league yeah, and I think you just did a had a great segue there, and you know you're describing men's league and goalies are a hot commodity, which kind of led you to your your next big uh, venture of being a an e bug for the the predators, and you know for people who don't know out there, it's uh, emergency backup goaltender, um, and you're the Preds e bug, which is just 
awesome. It's kind of, um, it's always interesting. You hear those, those stories, um, you know, a couple will make the news uh, every couple of years, but um, I guess how, how did you fall into that? Were you doing, you know, I, I, I think maybe you picked up during, during COVID might've done some summer skates. How did that come about? Uh, the whole thing really kind of starts, I would say the story starts in, in the lockout of 2012. Um, mm. You know, over the summers, I was going out to just fill a net for these pro skates. You know, some guys that were in town working with some skills coaches and just being a goalie in town who has pads. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of find my way into these these uh, skill sessions. And uh, that summer, I remember I was I was kind of getting frustrated with hockey because it, it was really kind of settling in that, like, man, I'm not playing competitive anymore. Like, you know, I've, MTSU days were over. I was just playing men's league once a week. And it was like, man, I'm not really in a in a place where I was, like, happy with what I was doing, you know, where I was with, with hockey in general. And um, I remember reaching out to uh, Tim McAllister, the, the skills coach that was running the summer skates. And I said, hey, I'm available. And uh, he said, all right, come on out on Monday, you know, we'll probably have a couple other goalies there just a heads up, but you know, definitely come on out. And I was like, all right, sweet. And I had no idea there was a lockout. So mm -hmm. I'd come walking into the room and it's just like packed with Preds players. The like there was nowhere to sit. <laughs> and like, you know, I was like, I don't, what did I just walk in on? Like, Oh my God, like what's going on. And, uh, and, and this I, is at Centennial, right? No, this is at the old a game. I don't know if you oh. were here when, when the uh, a game was, was here. Yeah, I was, I was just saying because there's no room in those Centennial locker rooms anyways. But sorry, no, not a chance. <laughs> um, I mean, there was barely room in this, uh, you know, team locker room they had um, mm -hmm. at A-game out in Franklin. And uh, I remember walking up to, to Mike Fisher and I'm like, man, it's a packed room. And he's like, yeah, just cheek up somewhere. And I like was about to just like sit next to him and make a spot. And, you know, um, Pecorina and Chris Mason were like, goalie goalie come sit over here and I'm like oh my god dude like what is even happening right now and <laughs> man two of the nicest guys they introduced themselves and I'm like yeah of course you're Pecorino and of course you're Chris Mason I'm like hi I'm Dustin and like, <laughs> yeah what's up man come sit with us you know whatever so welcoming and, and super nice and um for the next three months I was I was practicing with these guys and really kind of developed this relationship with the team and then going into the shortened season they decided to um actually it's so funny man like that after the three months it was, they decided to have the shortened season I was out in California visiting a friend of mine you know going out there going surfing and just kind of you know enjoying the rest of my summer because I figured hey my my cool Preds experience was was over it was great loved it but you know that was that time to move on and continue living my life and um I remember Chris Mason gave me a call while I was out in California. He's like, man, like we talked to, uh, you know, some of the coaches and with the shortened season, you know, we're, we would like to have a guy that comes into practice and kind of helps out. And, um, you know, I got invited out to a couple practices that year. Um, but then it wasn't until, man, I forget exactly which year it was. The year that Florida had basically an emergency situation and it was before the emergency goalie rule was in place. And uh, the league was kind of exposed. And then the following year, um, well, I guess for the end of that year, they had a competition to basically, it was kind of worded like they were looking for a backup goalie because their starter got hurt, their backup got hurt. Um, you know, obviously they were stuck in a situation and I ended up going out there just to, again, just have a good time, skate, whatever, and ended up tying the competition with uh, this other guy, Bill Ruggiero. And, um, you know, the following year is when the emergency goalie rule was put in place. And after all these experiences, you know, like the lockout with the Preds and practicing with them during the, the shortened season. And then obviously this like random Florida competition that they had, you know, the Preds reached out and said, hey, like, you know, we have we need to have an emergency backup goalie. Would you like to be um, our emergency guy? And so, of course, I was like, yeah, I, absolutely. And, you know, the rest is kind of. Yeah, <laughs> where yeah. Where we going from then? Yeah, so uh, just to backtrack a little bit, so Florida basically had this open tryout for goalies. It sounds like, and it makes me think of the um, what is that movie? Uh, was it Invincible? Mark Wahlberg. He's playing um, Vince Papali. The Eagles had the open tryouts. Yeah, you know, like same okay, kind of yes. deal. Like there were guys who like were there. Like, could everyone skate out there? Was there any kind of vetting process? Or you just signed up and you got to do this <sighs> it thing? Was dude i almost didn't even sign up like i because like i said i had my experience with the preds and i was like yeah man i had my cool 
fun pro NHL experience, practicing with the team during a lockout. Sick. And I was like, cool, someone's going to have a fun opportunity in Florida. That's so awesome. And my friends at work were like, dude, if you don't sign up, we're going to sign you up. And I was like, no way, man. Like, you guys are going to butcher my application. Don't like, it's, it's like, whatever. Um, so, yeah, you just filled out an application for this competition. And then, you know, you either get accepted to this. I mean, they kind of had it set up like a like a tryout, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, dude, I didn't even think I, I got invited like i saw people on like different facebook groups and like yeah i got invited i can't wait to go to this camp whatever and i was like dang that sucks i didn't i didn't get the invite but it it went to my junk email i almost like completely skipped over it whatever and and i saw (laughs) i i got accepted through my junk email you thought it was someone selling you florida panthers season tickets or something (laughs) (laughs) Uh, basically well that's i mean that's crazy in itself um so, you know, you go to this, this Florida tryout, you know, you already have the kind of connection with, you know, Mason and, and Rene. Um, and it sounds like the Preds coaches, you know, knew who you were and you're kind of involved there. So how, I mean, just did the Predators have multiple emergency backups? How did you become, you know, the, the Preds, um, you know, guy in case of emergency? Well, man, it's kind of evolved over the years and it's, it, it's kind of this rule that almost seems to be, maybe up to interpretation from city to city and, you know, talking to other emergency goalies, you know, every city kinds of seem to do it um, a little different, but uh, you know, first year it was just kind of this like very loose, like, yeah, you're listed as our emergency goalie, but you know, I, I wasn't, I was getting tickets from Pecorine. Like he was just hooking me up with tickets. Like, Hey, if you want to go to the game, you know, you can come. And I was like, all right, sick. And he would just like leave <laughs> me tickets at will call. And, like, yeah. I just so happened to be going to these games listed as an emergency goalie. And um, actually that, that first year um, there was an emergency situation with the Bruins and uh, Tuga Rask first period took a puck to the throat. And I was texting one of the, the, the guys that works for the Preds. And I was like, man, do you need a goalie? I'm here. Like just as a joke, like, you know, him and I are joking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, first intermission, he gives me a call and he's like, Hey, uh, that thing we're joking about, we need you to come downstairs right now. And it was like, Holy smokes. Like, okay. I was literally hanging out with my friends in the lobby and I'm like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. I'm going to go be the backup boy for the Bruins. And they, you know, of course laugh, whatever. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I'm like downstairs in the, in the, the tunnel and everything, you know, we're scrambling to figure out what's going on. Nobody knows what to do because it's such a new rule. And, uh, everyone's kind of freaking out and you know i end up just putting on two garas gear i got like half of his gear on i'm sitting you know just in the hallway because they didn't know where to put me and uh you know that was kind of the first experience but um yeah it's kind of kind of changed from year to year where after that experience they said okay like obviously we need you to go to the games so they were giving me tickets and then the next year it was like well i was like hey i've been paying for parking this whole time like I, like where do i park so yeah. after that, they started putting me in this garage down the road and uh, gave me a, um, uh, they were validating my parking. And then I want to say it was after David Ayers got called into a game, they realized like, oh man, like that was the first time it ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, no, it wasn't David Ayers. Sorry. It was um, Foster. Man, it was Scott Foster in Chicago. Yeah. And they're like, holy cow, like this is real. Like, <laughs> uh, so then they, they started, um, let me park down where all the players park and you know everything's kind of like i said evolved from year to year and then uh i i forget what year it was they started adding more emergency goalies because it was like man i was going to every game and if i couldn't go to a game then they were just kind of left empty-handed so they they kind of had to add some people to the list and now i think we have a total of four including myself and um yeah, if if you know I can't go to a game, then they give uh, our buddy Dylan Goose Caffrey, who you know pretty well. Yeah, they give him the call, and then uh, kind of goes down the list from there. Man, that's uh, I mean, I got a bunch of questions off of that. So, so first experience, you know, you're at the you know Preds game, Bruin Tukaras goes down. So, and you didn't have your gear with you then. So you no, that was a, like I said, it was like I just happened to be there. Like I, yeah. I, you know, if if Pex didn't give me tickets for that night, I wouldn't have even been there. But that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sitting there wearing Tuka Rask gear, and you know, luckily everything. They, it was like Pecorine skates, Tuka's pads. Like you know, it was. I had like a Preds undershirt on, and 
so so i mean you mentioned that they do it kind of different in every city but you know now as it's it's grown and it's you know it's a, not the norm i would say because you know goalies don't hurt, get hurt every game but is it pretty you know set in stone that you're at every uh preds home game now if pretty much it, i guess yeah pretty much yeah and uh i mean the way it's kind of worked out over the last few years you know now that we have a list of guys um you know, I, I have a full-time job. Like, I have a whole life outside of all of this e-bug stuff. And luckily, I have a job that um, is flexible enough to allow me to live this kind of, you know, bizarre hockey lifestyle. Because, yeah. um, you know, being an e-bug doesn't exactly pay the bills like uh, like anything else. But, um, you know, if, if things work out to where, you know, I can't make my work schedule work with, with every game of the year, then, you know... There's games that I can't make it to, but for the most part, it's it's a pretty pretty large number of the games. Yeah, and so if you're if you're at the game, and um, I mean, obviously, and I don't know your your dietary habits or whatnot, but I mean, you're not slugging hot dogs and you know drinking a beer if you think you can go into these games, right? I mean, there's got to be some <laughs> sort of I don't know responsibility that you feel, I guess. Yeah, and like with the rule being so loose, there there's no like specific anything that they've really put that like, like they, it's not like they're like, Oh, well you can't go have hot dogs or like, Oh, you got to like show up at this time. And like, you got to like be whatever, you know, I kind of put it on myself to show up at the game, at least for warmups, you know, I at least try to get there 30 minutes early. And, uh, you know, I really like watching warmups. I like watching the goalies go through their routine, but also it's, uh, you know, if anything happens in warmups, which has happened in other cities, then, you know, I'm available and I'm there to kind of, um, you know, at least jump into the situation. But um, as far as food stuff, like, again, like just kind of feeding myself, it's different city to city. But, mm-hmm. you know, there was a time where it was like, man, there's I found a deal over here that has two hot dogs for you know <laughs> however much. So it's like, man, all right, I guess I'm having some hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've also kind of found uh, this grilled cheese spot. Uh, I love to have a it's kind of become a part of my routine where. Uh, you know, I show up, watch warm-ups, I go grab my uh, pesto mozzarella grilled cheese and um, <laughs> and then go down to my seats and, and sit down and watch the game. But uh, yeah, uh, like I said, it's kind of a little loose, I guess. Yeah. Not really too uh, specific or I guess set in stone. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll change over the years too, as this happens more and more. But I mean, you mentioned the David Ayers and, and Scott Foster and it kind of you know definitely shed a light on the whole process and maybe the NHL realizing like we got to put something together here um, but so before I get to your your you know Avalanche Predators game um, I just wanted to talk about that real quick um, so I hear there's this you know emergency goalie group chat whether it's on you know social media you guys are all texting each other is, is that uh is that still a thing is that still happening yeah it's still a thing um, it's it's kind of grown over the years as more and more guys just kind of, I guess we just kind of find each other and mm-hmm. um, it's not super, super active. You know, anytime yeah. a situation happens, a lot of guys will just like, it's, they'll jump on it right away. And then, you know, everyone just kind of jumps in to support each other and uh, just talk about how cool of an experience it is. And, you know, obviously kind of get some feedback like, man, like, how was that? It was so sick. Like it was cool, whatever. And um, actually, this this past maybe even two months ago, maybe not even that one, but I went out to Breckenridge for this goalie coaches conference, and there were a total of uh, four emergency goalies out there. Um, one as a coach, and a couple others as a, a demo goalie, and including myself. And it's just kind of cool to um, you know share these experiences and kind of talk to someone who understands what it's like to be an emergency goalie because it's so unique and it's you know kind of really tough to really understand what it's like unless you're you're in the situation yourself yeah you're forming this community of like you know it's uh <laughs> it's an odd situation to be put in but it's a great opportunity right and you know just talking to our our players who are listening and you know we talk about you being a late bloomer and you know, you went played club hockey. It's like you still found a way <laughs> to be inside of a an NHL locker room and actually suit up for a game. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so I think, I mean, obviously, I, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. But you know, your your whole um, getting a suit up and 
being on the the bench for the Avalanche and and taking warmups. Um, I can't even remember um, the situation of how they the goalie um, the starter got hurt there. But if you just want to kind of tell us how that all developed, and love to hear about it. Man, yeah, like such a wild experience. Um, it's like where do I even start, man? Uh, so another th- part of this whole thing, like I I have my own kind of pregame routine that I run through at my house. Uh, it's very similar to like what I would do before going to a practice now, or, you know, even like, uh, like my men's league games that I played. Um, I just finished my little like pregame routine. And uh, I got a, a text from Ben Vanderklok, the goalie coach for the Preds. And he was like, Hey, just so you know, there's a, a COVID situation with the Colorado Avalanche. Their starter tested positive for COVID, and uh, they're going to contact you. So they, the, the Avs contacted me, explained the situation, and uh, said, hey, come on down here, and you know, we'll, we'll get you all set up and ready to go. But just you know, come down here. You're going to be our backup goalie for the night. And like, <laughs> so your heart's racing at this point, I imagine. Man, like the nerves hit me like a ton. I'm like scrambling to pack my bag. I'm like kind of in this freak out mode. But as I'm packing my bag, like I said, I had just finished my little pregame routine. I'm packing my bag and it's kind of this ritualistic thing that, you know, I, I've i gone through over and over and over again. I think that going through that ritual kind of kind of helped calm the nerves a bit. But by the time I finished packing my bag, I was pumped man like my nerves completely went away i was so excited i'm like man i'm i'm really just kind of getting ready to go play hockey like i would any other time but like you're, i'm gonna go going to get dressed down, with the abs. like <laughs> yeah. oh it was this kind of like weird mix of like excited nervous and calm all at the same time but uh dude it was like ripping rain that night so i'm i get everything packed in my car i'm driving down and do you wear a suit? Uh, Do you wear a suit? I didn't put on a full suit. I was like, man, I don't want to walk in there and like full suited up. But I, you know, I, I, you know, I put on like a nice little button up, just kind of yeah. you know, dress, dress nice enough, but not uh-huh. overly nice. And, um, you know, I'm, I called Ben Vanderclock and I'm like, man, like explain the situation. Where are we at? Like, what, you know, what can I expect going into this? And he's like, man, honestly, I don't even know. Like, this is, you know, the whole emergency thing is still kind of a mystery to even us here. But I will tell you that the guy who is starting tonight, um, Frank Kuz, uh, he's coming back from a two-year injury. And this is the first game that he's played. So if ever there was an opportunity, tonight's the night. I'm like, <laughs> like, Benny, like, how is that supposed to really, like, help me right now? You literally yeah. just told me that there's a chance that I'm going to be playing this game, which um you know we just kind of had a good fun little laugh about it and it was kind of nice just chatting with him for a second and you know kind of got me fired up about getting there but you know after that call I called my dad and you know explained the whole thing to him and it's so funny man because like like you said this this whole hockey experience and just kind of keeping it going it's like every step of the way my dad is like you know what this whole hockey thing might just work out for you like kind of as a joke it's like yeah just something that started out as a fun little hobby and, um, you know, a little roller rink in Mount Juliet. And all of a sudden I'm driving to Bridgestone arena to get dressed for the Colorado avalanche. And it's just such a a wild stretch of events that just kind of led to me, you know, walking into the arena and uh, meeting up with a lot of the, the staff. I end up, Oh man, I almost forgot about this part. I'm walking in. And they're, they're literally stitching my name on the back of this Jersey. That's awesome. And I'm like, man, that's so cool. Like that's literally my name being put on the back of a Colorado avalanche Jersey. And um, I'm standing there like, hold on. Like we're, we're trying to figure something out real quick to stand here. And, and I look over and I'm standing next to Joe Sackick and he's like, uh, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm Joe Sackick. And I'm like, Joe, what's going on? My name is Dustin. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And uh, just kind of like a, you know, cool random experience there. But yeah, and then, you know, right after that handshake, it was it was walking to the room and, and get dressed. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you're coming in as the, the e-bug. I mean, I'm sure all the, I mean, hockey guys are great guys. But um, did you get there? I, it sounds like you had enough time to, like, get there when the guys were getting there. Were you, um, you know, you walk in the room and they're all in there? And how, was, how was that experience? Were guys giving you your crap or what? Uh, it was... <sighs> 
I was little, so dialed in on what they were doing. Um, you know, there were guys that I walked in there and they were like, you know, super warming or super welcoming and, um, you know, very nice guys and everything like that. Everyone was very dialed into, you know, getting prepared for the game. Everyone was very professional and it was really cool to get to see all of that. But they were really kind of put in a situation because it wasn't even just uh, the starting goalie that, that tested positive for COVID that night. They had a pretty good like handful of players that tested positive and weren't eligible to play. And, um, you know, they really kind of had their work cut out for them before the game even started. So there was yeah. kind of this, um, you know, they, they were welcoming me, welcoming of me being there and, and, you know, uh, super nice to me, but also they, they kind of were a little frustrated with the situation in general. And, um, you know, they, yeah, because there was there were times there were during the whole COVID thing where you know games were just getting canceled. I think um, I think I read somewhere that they were actually close to canceling that game with the amount of outbreaks they had. But um, I guess they just decided to get it over with and <laughs> and play it. But yeah, I mean, like when I got there, it really wasn't a lot of time to really kind of figure anything out because they like I I was in there just enough time to get dressed, and um, you know guys are like, all right, let's go, buddy, let's go, come on, and uh, you know guys are you know, hype me up to jump out there for warm-ups, And it's like, you know, like having practice at Bridgestone and going to different kind of, uh, you know, playing tournaments out at Bridgestone. I've walked out of that tunnel so many times, but obviously like nothing compares to the experience of walking out of the tunnel yeah. during warm-ups of an actual game. That's yeah. I can't even imagine, imagine that feeling. It had to be awesome. Did they make you do the uh, rookie lap or did you just go out like everybody else? No, I I didn't do the rookie lap. I got there, you know, I got dressed just in enough time to catch, you know, right after the beginning of warm-up. So I didn't have time to really um, – the opportunity to <laughs> yeah. get out there for the rookie lap or anything. But um, And you're buzzing around with an avalanche jersey on. You got your – well, I think you had your, your Preds pads on and the Preds helmet, right? <laughs> yeah, my pads and my helmet are, are Preds colors, so – uh, a little mismatched and everything there, but dude, like, like even looking back at pictures that, that were taken that night, I'm just kind of like skating around and like, you can just tell that I'm just cheesing, just grinning ear to ear under my mask. And it's just like trying to soak in that whole experience. It was man, unreal. Yeah. Did you, uh, were you worried about like running into anybody or ruin somebody's routine or anything like that? I'd be, I'd be nervous. I'd mess up, you know, McKinnon's, you know, whatever he does in neutral zone or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I, I made sure to kind of stay out of the way and, uh, you know, again, like kind of having experience practicing with teams and, and um, you know, stuff like that. You kind of know the, the soft quiet areas as a goalie. And then again, it's, you know, having all my experience watching warmups, um, you know, before games, it's like, okay, I kind of, I know where the, the backup goalie goes. Yeah. I know the etiquette of like, you know, goalies, you know, the starter jumps in and, you know, if he wants you to jump in, he'll let you in. And, um, you know, I just kind of stayed off to the side, stretched, bounced around back and forth. And, uh, you know, at one point I was, I was sitting there stretching and, and Yossi skates up. He's like, Bonesy, you traitor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it, that kind of helped calm the nerves a little bit too. And, you know, seeing some of those guys and, you know, they were, they were excited to see me there. It was crazy. Like, they were like, man, that's so sick. Like, yeah congrats man like you know supportive and um and then you know i finally got my opportunity to to jump in net for a few shots during warm-ups and i i'm pretty sure i blacked out i don't know <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you what do you think your, your save percentage was in warm-ups but i gave up one and i remember it was a sick shot over the glove i don't even remember who shot it but it was like bar in and i was like well sick but like i made a couple saves where i was like I don't know. Again, it was kind of this weird mix of like nervous, excited, but also kind of calm. And I, I remember, you know, making a couple saves that I was like, I was even surprised about. I was like, wow, actually, oh, it's a pretty yeah. good little save. But, you know, obviously it's warm ups and guys aren't exactly trying to light you up or anything. But yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, I mean, is there anything we're going to, I have another follow up question after this, but was there anything about warm ups like, you know, you're watching night. I can't remember who the guys that were out for COVID, but is there anything you saw about like McKinnon or Lannis Gog or, you know, Kadri, like these NHL all-stars that you're now on the ice with, is it, you know, it had to be, you know, eye-opening or <laughs> just an incredible experience to watch those guys move 
Oh, man, honestly, just with everything happening so fast, I I try to kind of take little moments to process everything, soak it in like, oh, this is so awesome. And uh, but, you know, especially when I was jumping in that, it was just like I like I said, I don't remember who was shooting when like I was just like, man, like just buzzing at that moment. And right. um, but again, like, you know, having experience practicing with with pro guys, it's just like everyone is on such a level that, um, you know, everything is just kind of maybe not perfect, but like the mechanics are just so dialed in and um, mm-hmm. every guy kind of has their own routine and just being a part of it was sick. But yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you uh, one little thing about McKinnon's <laughs> <laughs> warm up yeah. routine or the difference between Landis Cog and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. I mean, I think you make a good point though. It's like, you know, there's a lot of good hockey players out there, but it's it's always it's the little things, right? You talk about mechanics and the, the way guys release the puck, and I can't even begin to talk to you about you know the goalie mechanics. Um, but I'm sure it's just it, it's all these little things and how they push, and it's just it all obviously all adds up to make them into the elite players that they they are. Um, I did have one more question about the the locker room. Do you do you remember who you were sitting next to? Um, I want to say. Man, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. I was literally just like, it was, honestly, that was part of the experience, man, just being a fly on the wall in the room. And, um, dude, I just remember how much fire McKinnon had. Like, I did not realize how intense of a human this guy was. But, mm-hmm. you know, when this guy spoke, it was like, like I said, just so much fire erupting out of this guy's just like persona. And, um it was so cool to be a, a part of that room and uh, just kind of be a fly on the wall. Yeah, that's, well, that's awesome. And I'm sure all of our listeners appreciate you sharing that story. It's obviously a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and obviously we're all happy to hear that it was a, a good one. No, you didn't get to take the ice in a game, but nonetheless, it's uh, obviously a special a special moment. Um, so, you know, you, you had the e-bug experience. Um, there may be more to come, but, I mean, I know you're playing men's league. You, you played out at Centennial, and I see you're giving some private lessons as well. Um, you know, what are you – are you trying to stay in shape in case, you know, the opportunity arises again, or is it just like if it happens, it happens? So, I guess, what, what are you – what is Bones doing now in the, in the hockey world? Oh, man, it's like – Throughout the year, it's I find this way to just be so swamped with playing, which I love. But, um, you know, the last couple of years, I've really been trying to kind of dial it back over the summers. And uh, I say that, but like I end up skating a ton. Usually over the summers, it's like yep. little little pro groups like, you know, went out and skated today with a, a handful of pro guys and um, staying in shape with that. And then. You know, throughout the year, it's like I play men's league and then we have um, kind of an alumni group that I skate with a couple times a week in the mornings. And then uh, like, man, one thing that I've learned after having that uh, lockout experience is like I absolutely have the opportunity to kind of create my own hockey experience. And you know, before that lockout situation, like I said, I was feeling very frustrated with hockey. I was playing once a week and I was like, man, I'm not really having the opportunity to work on any skills. And, um, after lockout, I was like, what are you, what am I talking about? I literally have the opportunity to go to open stick time and work on my skating fundamentals. Or if I want to go and, you know, grab some friends and say, Hey, like, let's go to uh, open stick and like, you know, let's work on some things or, you know, create my own kind of off ice routine to kind of uh, help stay sharp and, you know, work on my skills and stuff like that. But, um, you know, through those kind of experiences, it's, you know, really kind of grown over the years into where it is now where, you know, I've really kind of throughout the year, it's like I said, the emergency thing is kind of left up to the goalie to kind of stay in shape and, right. and stay sharp and everything. And um, I think I've kind of found a pretty good little routine to, uh, to do just that. Yeah. And obviously with, with you doing all that and the, you know, again, I, with your private lessons that you offer, or at least I've seen you do a couple um, and then try to stay in shape. You, you've also developed this um, social media uh, <laughs> following. Um, and I think you, you were telling me um, in passing that I think it was a, a camp or something you went to and a kid came up to you and you 
wanted to take a picture with you just because you know he sees you online um <laughs> is uh, you getting noticed more now dude like the whole social media thing is is so funny to me because it literally was just a, a fun little hobby like i've mm -hmm. i've kind of always really needed these creative outlets and you know social media kind of became a fun creative outlet that was also involved with hockey and um it's you know grown over the years not not anything crazy but yeah it's like a handful of times now just being out and um you know running into kids and wanting to take pictures with me or um you know even adult guys i've i've ran into a an adult guy at a preds game you know i was just walking around and he was like bones what's up like i watch your videos and um, you know, it really kind of inspired me to get back into playing hockey. I haven't played in years or I met another guy who said, man, like I've always wanted to play goalie growing up. Now as an adult, you know, after watching your videos, I'm, I started playing goalie and I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. Like it's, it's so sick that, yeah. um, you know, not something that I ever really considered would be a part of this whole hobby that I had started, but it's like so cool to see that, you know, stuff like that is happening. Yeah. And it's, it, it's always rewarding, you know, to, you know, we're doing this podcast and you have social media, I have social media and I coach and you help out as well. It's like, you don't realize how many people you're actually like influencing with your, your stuff, even when it's, you may be doing it just as an outlet for your own creativity or whatnot. It's um, one way or another, you're helping somebody. And it's always cool to hear those stories about, you know, if they tell you or not, it, it's nice to know it's, it's, it is helping somebody, whether it's um, a serious matter or, or just the game of hockey. So um, no, that's cool. But, um, you know, again, with your, your social media, I, you know, I'm a, a follower of yours and I've noticed you've been working, um, with this sense, uh, sense arena. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that before I let you go? Yeah, dude. Okay. Like sense arena is this VR training platform for, uh, for goalies and they have a player version, but dude, this whole thing is something that I would have absolutely died for as a kid. Like you literally put a VR headset on, they have these attachments for your gloves and they have this crazy number of drills that you can run through and like work on skills from home. And it's like, you know, like I said, growing up and just kind of trying to find creative ways to stay sharp, whether it's like throwing a racquetball against the wall and catching it with my glove or, uh, you know, finding all these little ways to like work on little things. It's like now I can put a VR headset on and, you know, run through a series of drills. And all of a sudden it's like, man, I just stopped 50 pucks. Right. <laughs> it's insane, which is, you know, a huge part of my routine. Like I was talking about earlier before games and, and practices and everything like that. And, um, you know, it's really cool doing the social media thing and having an opportunity to kind of work with a, a, a company like that, especially since they're so involved with, development they just signed a deal with usa hockey so they're really involved with all of that and um yeah man it's been so cool to use it let alone like uh have an opportunity to kind of help help them out yeah and and so you know so you put this vr headset on and i i, I haven't used virtual reality in, in any sense but i'm assuming you, you have some type of sensor in your glove and your blocker and it's you're watching these pucks come at you from from different angles um it, is it I mean, obviously, I'm assuming it's pretty lifelike for it to be, you know, used by you and USA Hockey partnering with it. Um, I, is that pretty much how it works? You know, it's kind of, I don't even have something to compare it to, but it's, you know, you're you're blocking these shots and you're able to pick where the shots are coming from type deal. Oh, man. Like, the, the first time I put the, they have these glove attachments and you just basically attach the uh, the controllers uh, to your gloves and they, they line up with, your actual gloves like almost scary well and the first puck that i caught with this like attachment on it was like this bizarre feeling because my brain really did process that i caught a puck but you know when you catch a puck in real life you get this big kickback in your hand like the puck mm -hmm. impacting the back of your the pocket you know kind of jerks your hand back and i didn't get the full kickback of the hand and it was just this crazy like like I definitely just caught a puck, but like also I didn't actually catch a real life puck. <laughs> right, right. And well, it's the um, same thing with the blocker too. Like I make a blocker save and I'm tracking it off the blocker and into the corner and like just the the way it just like, it's so similar. It's like scary, but it's again, like 
why it's so good and, and something that I've really kind of been believing in um, since I started using it. Cause like it, it really does like give the opportunity to work on these skills just from home. Right. Well, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, everybody's always looking for a different way to get better. And if you have this, you know, sense arena, uh, virtual reality, you know, tool, it's just, um, obviously you're not having to pay for ice time, making the drive to the rink. You can do it in your own uh, garage or whatnot. So it's, that's awesome to, to hear. Um, and for all our listeners out there, I'll include um, uh, Bones's Instagram handle and um, we'll talk after this, see if there's anything else he wants to handle. But uh, do you have um, a link or anything you'd like me to share for the, the sense arena? Yeah. I mean, working with sense arena, they've kind of set me up with a promo code. So if, if people want to check it out and use promo code bones, it'll help them save a little bit of money and uh, kind of helps me out in return too. But um, like I said, it's both, player version and uh, goalie version and I've, I've tried the player version once you basically attach the the controller to your stick and it's it lines up with the stick pretty well but um, I can't really speak on the player stuff too much as I can the goalie stuff but yeah uh, yeah and where can um I guess where can they find it is it, is it like sensorita.com or where where's a uh, what's the website yeah for, it should know? just be sensorina.com maybe even sensorina.com slash hockey because i know they just released a tennis version too um but yeah it should just be you know sensorina.com all right awesome well i'll include that in the show notes for um everybody who's listening and then uh the final question i'll I'll leave you with is you know obviously you're you know late bloomer um you know started roller hockey in in san diego made your way to tennessee uh went from just you know kind of practicing with the the preds and made your way up to you know, emergency goalie and actually uh, being a part of a, an NHL game. Um, is, is there any advice you'd like to give to a, a young goalie out there who's um, obviously trying to, trying to make it, a, you know, maybe a more conventional way than, than you have, but um, yeah. is there uh, anything you'd, you'd like to, you know, throw out there for our young goalies? Yeah. Well, man, I think, I think this kind of ties in with almost really anything in life, but um, you know, you can, you can have the motivation and, and whatever to just drive and, and just work your, your life away at it. But if you don't genuinely love what you're doing, like you can only go so far with it. And, um, you know, I, I think it really doesn't matter if you're playing super competitive and you're really trying to climb that ladder and, or if you are just doing it on the hobby level, if you don't love it, like you're just, you're going to burn yourself out and, um, maybe even reach a plateau, but if you really genuinely love what you're doing, like, dude, anything's possible. You could even be yeah. someone like myself who goes out and practices with pro guys and, you know, sits in the arena for, uh, for NHL games or, you know, hopefully, um, something even better because, um, you know, you should definitely strive to be more than just an emergency goalie. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, putting the hard work in, doing something you love. And obviously, I mean, I think your story too is just like you didn't give up and this opportunity came and kind of fell in your lap and, um, you know, crazy stuff happened. So, um, well, Bones, I, I appreciate you coming on. I think um, our listeners are really going to enjoy it. And like I said, um, for everybody listening, I'll include all the uh, links and um, Bones' promo code um, in the show notes. But, uh, but Dustin, I, I appreciate you coming on. I, I think it's something our, our listeners are really going to enjoy. Yeah, man. No worries. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good. All right, bye.